you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. This message is called The Good Life. The Good Life. It's actually the introduction to a series by the same name, The Good Life. And I'm going to talk to you today about the good life. It reminds me of this Bruce Hornsby song. He says, living a good life, I've got my beautiful things so high as a kite. <laughs> as if you could buy yourself into the good life. You cannot buy your way into the good life. No, I'm going to tell you how to get the good life, how to obtain it for yourself, for your family, for your church, for your workplace, for your colleagues, for your peers at school, everybody we're going to find out how to get the good life. In fact, we're going to look to Jesus who teaches us how to get this good life. Remember these good plans that Pastor Jennifer told us about last week in starting the new year off, right? These good plans that were prepared from time immemorial when God was creating everything. Yeah, he was also coming up with these plans for you. These good plans that would work for your benefit that you should walk in them. He's not going to force you. He said you should walk in them though because if you do, I will be able to bless you. Amen. Now look at John 10, 10, where Jesus says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You see, this, what a converse right over here. The thief is coming for a certain agenda, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came, though, that they may have life and not just life, but abundant life. That takes six songs. Got that life. See, we need to be able to say that. I've got that life. I've got that life that Jesus wants for us. I'm living out those good plans that Jesus has always wanted for me, that he set in motion that I should walk in them. God certainly knows all these good plans. He knows how everything works, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But does anyone remember that, that show? God knows all of it. God knows all of it. He knows how it all works. And the thing is, he doesn't withhold from us. He tells us how it works. Isn't God good? God is so good to you and to me. He speaks the truth and he speaks accurately. He always speaks accurately. In the beginning, God didn't just say, uh, let there be light because he knew that light was gonna come on soon and he wanted to grab himself a little credit. No, he... Light happened because God spoke it into existence. It came to pass because of the words that God said. God made light exist. Light wasn't even a thing before God dreamt it up. My kids would sometimes come to me and say, I had the idea of that. I had the idea of that. I think it's such a, a perfect phrase, and I love it. It's, it's so pure and innocent. I had the idea of that. Just so excited. You know, God wants to give us light. We know that in his light, we see light. He's always wanted to give you light and illuminate your way. So would you let illumination come to your life today as we give ourselves to God's word? Come on, do it with me. Let's give ourselves to God's word. Light happened because God said it would happen. Who knows that God never lies? Oh, the Bible tells us that too. Two immutable things, right? That God cannot lie and he's made us these covenants. All right, so who knows that people unlike God, can sometimes lie. <laughs> Ask me how I know, right? Uh, yeah, if you can believe it, people lie. And sometimes, 
even in the church. Oh yeah, I just blatantly lie right to you. Yeah, I've had many instances of this, unfortunately. People just disingenuous to a little, from a little white lie or whatever to spare someone's feelings, I guess. I don't know. All the way to just keep themselves out of trouble. Just absolute falsehood. I've seen it all and it's not good, but God never does that to us. Never in the Bible you're going to read something that's like, well, I don't know. God's like, no, 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 it's all true. Homemade taste, it's in there. <laughs> you know, like God knows what he has said and he said it all for your best. The good life. So this, I, I want to give you an example, but I hesitate a little bit. I never use any names when I give you an example. I'm not that you're ever going to run into this guy far away, but there was a man on one of our praise teams when I was leading the praise team and just case in point, you know, he had this whole resignation, a big storm out kind of thing, typed up an email, made it all official and everything. And uh, there was a time, a bit of time that had passed. And then he came back and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't quit. I didn't leave. I didn't, you know, we had this documented evidence, right? No, but I never did that. A lie, a lie, a lie. It just and, and all the while he was talking about how disingenuous other people are. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, let me tell you, God never does that to you and to me. Whatever he's given you in the word, even if it's challenging stuff, it's all true and it's all meant to benefit you and to bless you. Like, I wanna bless you in this way. I wanna give you this, that thing that you really, really want. Okay, great. Oh, how about this? I wanna keep you from some hardship I want to keep you from some devastation, so don't do this. I lay before you blessing and cursing. Choose blessing. <laughs> I lay before you life and death. Choose life. Whereas the, the enemy, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus comes that they may have life. You and I have life and have it more abundantly. Let's choose life as always. Amen. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober. It's a good word for somebody right off the bat. Be sober, be vigilant. Do not give up on this thing. Stay sharp, stay on your toes, stay alert, stay about it. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, seeking whoever's going to allow him to devour their lives. Don't let it be you today. Don't let it be you ever. And in 1 John 3, verse 8, says, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. But, but look at the parallel here with John 10.10. 10. For this purpose, the Son of God, Jesus, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. You know, the devils are going to come and try to take from you, rob you, steal from you, kill you. And Jesus is trying to give you life and give to you and bless you and heal you and all the rest. Notice that very clearly that Jesus is contrasting these two agendas, these, these two uh, plans, so to speak, uh, job descriptions. Like, have you ever re read the book of Job and just wondered, it's like, well, if God is all this blessing, you know, well, where did all this come from? Some people get discouraged when they read the book of Job. Have you ever done that? You're like, the book of what? The book of Job? No, it's not the book of Job. It's the book of Job. It reminds, reminds me of that video uh, one of Snoop Doggy Dog's first video, it was, it was someone playing his dad. is like, Snoop Doggy Dog, you get yourself a jobby job. 
I love it. It always sticks with me. Snoop Dogg's didn't come up later. I know it. Um, but look, when you're reading the book of Job, all right, and you think, well, doggone, Job got the raw deal, you know? Well, not necessarily, but watch. Watch what happened. Some people get the idea that you can't depend on God because look at Job. I hear it as a pastor all the time. It's like, well, my life's just like Job. And I think of it like Job and I think of it like Job. But they're always kind of categorizing it the wrong way. They don't see how proud God was of Job, right? Satan comes around and he's like, well, I have control about everybody I want to have control over, you know. And God's like, well, what about Job, though? What about Job? You consider Job? And Satan's like, yeah, but I mean, you got this hedge of protection around him and everything. And so, you know, of course he doesn't come over to my side. Of course, he's not going to curse you. And God's like, well, all right, let's see what you can do without that, that hedge of protection around him or whatever. And so Satan goes and does his worst. Right. And, and Job won't fall for it, won't compromise, comes back to God. He's like, yeah, yeah. See, but God, that's that's because you won't let me touch his body. You won't let me make him sick. You won't let me get him infirm. And, and the Lord's like, all right, well, check it out. Consider Job. He's going he's gonna to stay faithful to me. And over and over, Satan does his worst and can't get Job to turn. Job is faithful to his God. This is incredible. And, and, and it shows how proud God is of Job for his righteous lifestyle. Praise God. It's amazing. And look, did Job get everything right? No, <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, I know Brian and Ed have been studying Job for weeks and weeks and all that. We were talking in, in, in a praise rehearsal how uh, things in, in the book of Job, that little boy comes and he's like, well, I've, I let you guys have your say, but now I got to speak up. You know? But look, Job has some instruction for us, even though the book of Job, most scholars agree, and I'm in agreement with this, that, not that I'm a scholar, but you know what I mean? I'm in agreement with this also that you can look at the book of Job, and this is not written after the covenant of Abraham. This was pre-covenant talk. And so God had no obligation. He had not made any promises to Job. And so he had no obligation to fulfill some unmade promise, right? And so when the covenant of Abraham gets cut, gets made, right? This whole thing in the figure eight, right? It walks through the pieces of the animals. And let me teach you about that in OSL level two later on. But there's this covenant that is formed between God and man and the descendants of Abraham. And, and even as I told you a couple of weeks ago, how we are also the children of Abraham by faith, praise God. And so he has this covenant with us. And even through Jesus, I know I'm on a tangent now, but we have a better covenant based on better promises with Jesus. And so given all this, Job had none of that pre-covenant. And so God is still good to Job because that's his character. Those who live righteously before God, he's going to be good to. He's going to bless. He's going to protect. He's going to promote. He's going to provide for. But God was under no obligation to do that for Job. And through all of it, Job remained faithful. In it, So even though, yeah, he got a couple things wrong here and there, God corrected him, don't worry. But And those whom God loves, he corrects. And so if you feel like you're getting some correction today or any day, just know that it's the correction of the Lord because he loves you and he's got better plans for you than what you're living. You know what Job said? He said, oh, if I only had a book, if I only had a book from the Lord, that I, that I knew what he was about, that I knew what his plans were, that I, that I knew what he wanted from my life. Oh, if I only had a book. Church, let me tell you the good news. We've got the book. 
God gave us the book. Job didn't have it. He longed for it. And he's like, oh, I'd take it with me everywhere. Is that how we treat this thing? Is, is that how we treat the word of God so precious to us that we would probably smash my microphone there? But do we treat this as precious as it is? Do we say, oh, Lord, since I have your word, I'm going to hide it in my heart that I might not sin against you. I don't want to miss it in any way. I only want your best for me. Do we do that? We should. And many of us do. Many of us have learned how to do it through OSL, Operation Solid Lives. It's a staple here. It's part of our ministry. And we long to teach you the truths of God, the eternal, timeless truths of God that will bless your life and allow you to live the good life, the, the real, the good life. Anyone ever notice that you never hear anyone say, I want to live a hard life. I want to live just a terrible, terrible life. No one ever says that, right? <laughs> no one ever says, I want to be a junkie when I grow up. Remember that commercial <laughs> in the 80s? No one ever says, I want to be a junkie when I grow up. No, no one ever says they want to live the hard life. They want to live the good life. They want to live the good life that you and I do too. But I want to tell you that the good life is not simply being so financially wealthy that you can solve all your problems with some money because money cannot solve the ultimate problems that we have. We have a sin problem that money cannot, no amount of money can fix. We cannot buy our way into heaven. I, I don't care who you are. I, I, I don't care if you're a different Jeff that's got all kinds of, all kinds of money that this Jeff doesn't have, right? There's, there's somebody who has figured out some business online that has a ton of money. I think if you waited, it'd be several tons of money. But look, you cannot buy salvation. You cannot buy God's favor. It's a gift. You have to freely receive it. And then your whole life is given in exchange. I'm going to live for you now. That's what it takes. Money, it cannot solve your salvation. Your sin problem can't get you saved. So these most powerful men, and I don't know the state of all of them, but on their wealth alone, you can look at Amazon, Google, Apple, all of these. And the, the most fantastically wealthy people in the world, what does it matter? You cannot buy heaven. The good life is not a life of disobedience. Because what does it ultimately get you? Disobedience from God. What does it get you? It gets you an eternity spent in hell away from God, separated from all the goodness that is God, away from an eternity from forever in perfection with the one who loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Come on. like No, there's just no, and not only that, but hell is a place of torment. It wasn't even made for people. But we choose to go there because we're not going to follow the, we're not going to follow the Lord. We're not going to play by his rules. I'm not going to be part of your system. Let's not, not for you and me. God's got way better plans for you and me from the foundation of the world. Amen. Uh, there is this song. Stevie Wonder and Snoop Dogg did a collaboration. Uh, Stevie Wonder's old song was called Have a Talk with God. And uh, Snoop Dogg's is called Conversations. All right. And he said, uh, chasing fame and girls living their life on cruise control. But tell me, what do it profit a man to gain the whole world, live in trife, but then lose his soul? I'm here to wake my peoples up from their dreaming. All right, look, it's a dream world, a fantasy world to think that you can do just whatever you want and God's going to let you in. Oh, this just came to me. I was listening to some music from somebody that I generally like, but not this one. The Origin of Love. 
and it, and it was just really anti-God, you know, and it's like, oh, don't, don't poke at the bear, man, <laughs> you know, don't make God angry, don't intentionally get up in his face and accuse him and everything, that is so prideful and arrogant, and, and it's only, what's it going to do? It's not going to land you in heaven, I'll tell you that. Uh, this this living trife, by the way, that lyric that Snoop Dogg said, I had to look this thing up because I'm not as you know street smart. I'm gonna up on the lingo as much as I should be, maybe. But you know this this hustling, right? Full full of pride, no accountability to anyone, right? I'm a law unto myself. The, the rules don't apply to me. It reminds me of that other song, and I did it my way. Yuck. I don't want to say I did it my way. I want to say I did it his way. And God blessed me because of it. Amen. Amen. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or God and money, God and material possessions. You can't serve both of them. The good life is not serving money. You may have enough money to make you comfortable, right? It, it can do a little good here and there, but it won't solve the problem of our desperate need for a Savior. The good life is not fulfilled when people have the impression of you that you're happy and successful. Uh, that, that never satisfies. Uh, it's just an impression. It, it, it reminds me of the, the Facebook facade, right? It, it, it's just a charade. It's, it's my, my fake best life, fake book, I've heard it called. The good life is not just being healthy either, so you can live a long life here on the earth. The life on the earth, what do you, what do you live, 100 years, give or take? I know Ken and I are pulling for that 120, right? The, in the Bible, the Lord says, the, the length of a man's years shall be 120 years. It's like, all right, Ken and I will take it. Praise God. But look, most people live 100, less than 100 years, right? The life we live on earth is so short in comparison to eternity, but we risk so much on our own pleasures here, don't we? Terrible. If you don't have eternal life through Jesus and you end up going to hell for eternity, you don't have anything close to abundant life. This is not the good life. And no matter who you are hearing the sound of my voice today, I'm going to tell you, you're going to spend eternity somewhere, somehow. And you only have two options. This life, we may have all kinds of seeming variety in our lifestyles or whatever. There's two choices, heaven or hell, God or the devil, it, obedience or disobedience, obedience or rebellion, I should say. You only have two choices. Oh, I, I hope that you choose the Lord today. We're preaching to you the truth so that you have an opportunity to hear it and then make the decision. And we're going to give you that decision at the end of this message. You can pray right along with us and get your life right. Get that good, abundant life that Jesus wants for you. Uh, I was talking to someone in our church this week, Brian. Less than a week from breaking his hand in multiple places, his hand was crushed, severed finger. Uh, he was in a cast. Uh, pins in it, all up in his hand. The doctor looks at his chart. He comes back a few days later, chart, looks at the chart and asks, well, how many months has this been since your accident? And Brian said, five days. <laughs> the doctor said, how many months has this been? Brian said, five days. And she said, all your bones have been healed. He said, yeah, I've been praying every day. 
This, anyone of you who knows Brian knows this is just how he is. This is he, how he works faith with the Lord. He's like, yeah, I've just been praying every day. She, she calls another doctor over. The doctor, he says, isn't this my motorcycle patient? She said, yeah. His hand's still in this cast up to his elbow. She says, this x-ray says, or no, the doctor, uh, the other doctor, the surgeon says, this x-ray says your hand is healed. Maybe the x-ray didn't come out right. Uh, why don't you cut off that cast and go take another x-ray? Cut off the whole cast, go take another x-ray. And the doctor comes back with the new x-ray. He's like, the bones are healed. I don't even know what's going to happen because I don't feel comfortable removing the pins despite the multiple evidences of this healed hand. All the bones in your hand are healed. Incredible, right? So the doctor and the surgeon now, and the director of the office of Loma Linda Cosmetic Surgery, because they just literally reattached his severed finger five days prior. <laughs> this just does not happen to regular people. We're not regular people. We, this is not our home. We're just passing through. We're, we're spirit people. We're God people. We're part of the family of God. We are Christians. We've, we've been given his name and his authority and all his blessings. And when we trust him and we live by faith, he does supernatural, amazing, miraculous things for us. I want the good life for you, church. I want the good life for you. So they said, do another x-ray. They're like, we just did. <laughs> so what have you been doing? I've just been praying. G Brian said, I've just been praying. Says the, the doctor said, these pins are supposed to be holding your bones in place but your bones are healed. Let's just wait three weeks. I mean, they didn't even know what to make of this. Let's just wait three weeks to remove those pins and I'll just cover your hand up so the flesh wound heals cleanly. Oh, okay. And, and the, the doctor from the beginning says, I've been doing this for over 30 years and hands take months and months of healing and then occupational therapy to get back in place. Brian's already using his hands. He's praising God, he, but he has activated his faith and this has happened in his life. What a blessing. Does this sound like the good life to you? Come on, this is the good life. God has made these incredible promises and Brian consistently <laughs> takes them up on them. You know, he'll lose something and we're like, Lord, I know you know where it is, you know, and he just calls for it. Or this thing, we were, we were putting up something in the church in the lobby and there was this, um, a, a fit, you know, where you fish the metal thing uh, uh, Bob Vila, I, I have to call him every once in a while. You fish the thing through the, the ceiling and there was no way because of the barriers that, would, that that could get to that thing. But first shot, he he sent it out there and it was like the Lord just moved it through the roof, the, the ceiling to get to where it needed to go. It, the Lord has no limitations. There is no bounds on what God can do. And Brian's just up there in the ceiling. You know, you can see his knees and he's just praying up there. And the Lord makes things happen. Why? Because he activates his faith and gets it going. Praise God. This is how to live the good life. When we don't get short-sighted about what the world would say constitutes a good life, like finding some physically attractive somebody to be with, uh, no, that destroys the good life. The good life is fulfilled when we get born again, right? Jesus told us, you got to get born again. Uh, born again, like a second time, you know, uh, born again? No, born in the spirit, born again in the spirit. Have eternal life with God through Jesus Christ. Receive freedom, receive deliverance from bondage, from that sin, 
when you discover God's eternal call on your life, these, it's, the Bible says that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. He can't even take them back. He's given you the gifts. He's given you the authority. He's given you the calling. And, and it's settled, right? He, he's already declared it. It's already a done deal. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Oh God, settle it here on the earth. Settle it in my own heart. Settle it in my own hands. Settle it in my feet so I go the right way. I do the right things. I look at the right things, right? I, I think about the right things. I say the right things that please you, that fulfill my calling. Settled in heaven, settle it here. Give me the good life here, here. Live a life in fellowship with Jesus, walking out that calling. See, that's the good life. That's the good life. The good life is fulfilled when we are strengthened by the Holy Spirit to control our carnal cravings. Who, who has some carnal cravings here? Anyone but me? <laughs> I got some carnal cravings. And you know when I find that these are, are particularly tempting? Late at night. I don't know if you're like me, and I hope not <laughs> in this way, but I tell you, the Nillas call me from the pantry nightly. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you call them Nillas. My, my daughter Olive calls them Nillas. Most everybody else in the world calls them Nilla wafers, but she's like, Mommy, did you get some Nillas? <laughs> I think that is so funny. <laughs> anyway, Olive, this one's for this analogy is for you, baby. But the Nillas call my name late at night. It'll be two, three in the morning. I'm working on something or whatever. And I'm like, you know what sounds good right now? Some Nillas. <laughs> and when I'm particularly weak, which has been most of the time, particularly this past year, I will confess, I go in that pantry and I get some Nillas. Yeah. And so, you know carnal cravings. And, and they can go from as tame as Nillas all the way to everything else. You know what I'm talking about. And so, instead, we need to pursue our spiritual destiny. The, these good plans that God laid out for us, let's pursue that instead to be used by God to what? To love people, to reach them with the gospel, the good, amazing news of Jesus. I mean, Brian's telling me his testimony. I'm like half jumping out of my skin. I'm so thankful. I said, Brian, we got to pray. We just got to thank the Lord right now. It's like, we, we had that testimony service in the parking lot to close out 2020 and recounted so many, everything that we could remember of the good things that God has done for us. And we're going to do it again every year. That's going to be a, a little party that we have at the end of every year. But look, whenever God does a miracle, we're going to thank him. We're going to give him the credit for it. Acknowledge that he's got these great plans that he's working out for us. Amen. But when we love people, we get excited about their potential eternity with God and, and their potential starting of their eternity right when they're born again here and they start living the good life here to be used by God to reach people with his love and salvation. Look at John 8, 34 through 36. Jesus teaching us again, very truly I tell you, some of you may think verily, verily, if you read the King James, Carla, verily, verily I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you're free indeed. Come on. Praise the Lord. Whoever the son sets free is free indeed. And you can abide in the house forever. I remember, by contrast, a man who had a beautiful, godly wife, loved the Lord, and several beautiful children, good-looking man, fun, witty, talented. 
And then some gal at work caught his attention and he caught her attention. She was married too, by the way. And they both allowed compromise and flirtation to, to go on and, and they strayed further down the road and, and descended uh, into plans that aren't godly. Uh, they strayed from the covenant that they made with their spouses. Before you knew it, he was under the control of the spirit of adultery. This went so unchecked that he even documented this affair. Yeah, yep, documented the affair. And eventually the discovery of this whole thing brought such devastation and ruin to so many lives. Awful, awful stuff. And for what? Fleeting, sensual, carnal pleasures. Church, I'm telling you, it's not worth it. No matter what it is, it's not worth it. That doesn't sound like the good life to me. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want the good life. I want to honor the covenants that I'm in. Honor the covenant I made with my Proverbs 6. My, my wife is a Proverbs 62 wife. She's like Proverbs 31, like double. She's so good. <laughs> I love you. And I want to honor my covenant with God as well. I want to honor those covenants and live the good life and not put myself in harm's way. Not compromise the plans, the good plans that God has for me. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord. Yeah, I can bless myself. Yeah, you're going to bless yourself all the way to ruin and destruction. The thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and God adds no sorrow with it. That's a good promise right there from the Bible. God adds no sorrow to His blessings. Who, who knows there's got to be a morning after. Yeah? And, and no one should ever have to take that walk of shame, if you know what I mean. God adds no sorrow because God's blessings are truly blessings. They're, they're not disguised. They're, they're not dressed up. You know, pigs dressed up. You can dress up a pig, but it's still a pig, right? Or you can put lipstick on a pig, whatever that quote is. But when we walk with the Lord, as the old hymn says, in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. When we walk with Him in the light of His Word. When, when we take the Bible seriously and we say, you know what? Oh, if I only had a book that you would write to me and tell me your plans and everything. Well, He did. And He's given it to us. Job, Job would be like, I could have had a V8. If he, if he saw us today, he'd be like, man, why aren't you reading this book? I was desperate for the book. It would have been so much easier for me if I had the book. You got the book? Why are you struggling? Amen. So don't give the devil any power over you. No longer say, this is my year. All that stops this year. I'm, I'm not giving the devil one more minute. The power you give him allows him to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. Who wants that? Why don't, why don't we instead give our lives and, and all the power and, and all that ability to Jesus to bless us and give us life and life more abundantly to give us the good life? We have a choice. We, we have the choice. I cannot choose for you, unfortunately, because I would choose the good life for all of you. All of you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how rotten you've been. I don't care who you've hurt. I would choose the good life for you. Can you drink it in just a little bit, please? I would choose the good life for you, but it's not up to me. But let me tell you this. 
Jesus would also choose the good life for you. In fact, he has, and he made it possible. All you have to do is choose him in return, not your own ways, but his ways. If the things that you do are contrary to what's written in this book, stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Stop. Get on his plan. Get with the good plans that God has for you. There there are things that you feel maybe guilty about or, or shameful about. Stop. Repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you and and ask Him to teach you this new and living way. Say, I don't want death from my actions. I want life. And Jesus is like, I got it all for you. Follow me. And I will make you become. I've got better plans for you if you follow Jesus. And uh, even as I led earlier, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God, the living Word. It's almost like we're reading Jesus when we read this Bible. I don't know exactly how it works, but that's the truth of who He is. I am the way, I'm the truth, I am the life, Jesus says. You can come to Jesus today. And as we say all the time, whoever comes to Jesus, what Jesus said it, we just repeat it. Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings and does them, he's going to build a solid life for you. We want a solid life for you. Help, help me help you. Jesus is begging now. Help me help you. Let me give you that good life. Don't give the devil that power. Give it to Jesus instead. John 14, 30 in the New Living Translation says, Jesus talking again, the ruler of this world approaches. So make no mistake, the devil's coming for you. The ruler of this world approaches. He makes an approach all the time with temptations, right? Little things he whispers in your ear, tries to make you believe things that aren't true about you, not the real you, not the spirit man inside you. And look what Jesus says. He has no power over me. Come on, don't you want to say that? The devil's got no power over me. You can, you can say it. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. Jesus can forgive. all. He paid the penalty on the cross for everything that you've ever done wrong. He, the price has already been paid. In fact, Brian, when he was testifying, he was like, this pain that was in my hand, Jesus said, I already took it. I already bore it. So give it to me. And Brian's like, I feel kind of bad giving it to you, but you said, and so, Lord, I give you the pain too. And so not only has he gotten all the healing in his hand, but he's gotten the pain relief too. What? How many months is it since you had your accident? Five days. What? And he's already like, this, this pain medication is like already like, it's, how good God is, is unfathomable. We just want that for you. <laughs> That's how we do it here at The Rock. You know, we want the good life for you. Let us help you get there. Let us help you build your life solid. Let us disciple you. Let us teach you God's ways. Let us hold you accountable. Let us walk with you, celebrate your victories, pick you up when you fall. Come on, let us do it. Jump into this family with us. And if you're already a part of the family, but you're kind of distant, and get back in. Get snuggle up, nuzzle up close, so to speak. Right? Get your mask on. No, I'm just kidding. No, but snuggle up, get close, and be the church family that God has always intended for us to be. Amen. Amen. In John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, 
If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word. Don't just pop in and pop out and, and I need a little something. No, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm telling you in an active way, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. They shall know the truth. You shall know Jesus and Jesus will make you free. Come on, I'm telling you the truth today. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So what do you got to do? Anyone who's a high C on that, that personality profile like I am is like, give me the checklist, pastor. Come on, tell me what to do. Let me, let me be able to accomplish this thing. All right, here it comes. Number one, repent of sin. Repent of those things that you've done wrong. Mistakes or just out and out rebellion. Repent. Repentance is simply turning away from, turning the other way. And so some people have mistakenly said, I do a 360. No, don't do a 360 because you're right back in sin. No, do a 180. Say, I was going in sin. I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. I'm going to go towards Jesus instead. Because remember, there's only two choices, heaven or hell. Obedience, rebellion, God or the devil. You only get two choices. So it's like, if you're going one way, man, turn around, go the other way. Go the other way. Repent of sin. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's right. The blood that Jesus shed on the way to and on that cross cleanses us from all sin. Washes us white as snow, as that old hymn says. Amen. Amen. Number two, after you repent of your sin, then pursue God. We've been talking a lot about this lately. Pursue God. It's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. Get busy pursuing God. Like, you know, when I was pursuing Jen, I remember this. My father-in-law got me, man. We, we had gone over to his house. He was a handyman at church and that kind of thing. I met Jen at church. And, uh, one day, and it was the first day that I had come over, and it was kind of like, you know, sh there to see Jen. And, and he, man, he got me. I rolled up in the driveway. He said, you're not here to see me, are you? I was like, man, how did he do that? <laughs> he knew. He just knew. I had been there many times before, and no talk of Jen. But that day, he knew something happened. The Holy Spirit clued him in or something. He saw me coming. Anyway. So you need to pursue God. I remember when I was pursuing Jen, it was like, it was an active thing. It wasn't passive. Like Jen was talking about last week, those, you got to have a give and take relationship. It's not just one side giving all the time, right? And so um, that pursuit, what, what happened? This happened. Bam! <laughs> We're coming up on 20 years of marriage now. I'm very excited about it. But pursue God. Pursue God. Become one with God. That's beautiful. And you can do it in your daily devotions, when you read and when you pray, when you journal. You spend that time every day with the Lord. In fact, I want to encourage you right now, get reading your Bible every day. At The Rock, we read our Bibles every day. And how do we do it? Intentionality, pursuit. And we have a great thing called the Solid Life Reading Plan that we can all read the same thing together. And you know what that does? When we all, as this church family, read the Bible together, the same passages, the same chapters day by day, when we call each other, it's like, man, did you see that in the Word? Did you see that in the Word? Yeah, I just saw it. That's amazing. You know, 
I, I was pinging on that same thing or I got this other thing too. And, and then you start having this sweet fellowship with one another over the word of God. That's the good life. Then you're encouraged. Hey, remember when it said in the word, you can be healed of this? <coughs> yeah, tell me more about that, brother. You know, we can come alongside one another and help each other. Get on the Solid Life reading plan with us. Join me as I'm doing it. Every year I'm in the Solid Life reading plan. And, and you'll find even like Cindy who completed her reading plan for the first time. Way to go, Cindy. We're all proud of you. Be like Cindy. Be smart. Get on a reading plan with us and read your Bible. Maybe you've never finished it cover to cover. This could be your year. Yeah, we're right at the beginning of this thing. This could be your year. Do it. And for those of you who have read over and over again, keep it going. If, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, Jesus says. And number three, let us disciple you. Join discipleship. Come on, this is your year. And in fact, Mark and I and Jen just put this together that we are giving one, two, three, and four levels this year. And then we're going to start 2022 with level five. So you have an opportunity right now to whiz bang through this whole thing and not have to wait several years like we did to get level fours and fives. And so jump in with us. In fact, we're starting level one in a week. And so there's always a level one starting somewhere, sometime, but jump in, sign up right now. Just point the camera app at the screen, whatever you got to do, and uh, sign up at therockasperia.life. Let us disciple you. Let us disciple you. A level you need is starting soon. You can always go through them again and again like Jen and I have. It's done us nothing but good. Nothing but good has come out of that discipline of sitting under the teaching of the Word of God. It's always beneficial. Psalm 119, 9 and 11 in the New Living Translation say, How can a young person stay pure? <clears throat> and incidentally, an old person. By obeying your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Come on, can we pray together? I want to give you an opportunity. If you're not part of the family of God yet, today can be your day. Any number of these things that you need to put into place so you can live the good life, let's get them done right now. Let's not wait another minute that the enemy can rob from you and, and destroy things in your life. No, let's instead give it all to the Lord. Father, we love you. We say it unashamedly. We just love you. We know how good you are, how good you've been to us, how good you continue to be to us. Despite our failings, Lord, we don't want to fail. We want to please you. And so any way that we have that's wicked, any way that we have not been pleasing you, any way that we've turned aside and gone our own way, that we've been rebellious or full of pride or arrogance, Lord, that we're just self-seeking, we repent. We go the other way. We're, we're turning and lifting our eyes. We seek you. We want your best plans for us. We want all the amazing, miraculous stuff that we see written in the Bible, that we see playing out in people like Brian's life. We want that for us. We want crazy healings and turnarounds of things that, that flabbergast the doctors. We want restoration in our relationships. We want broken bondages and addictions. Lord, if we've been addicted to substances or activities or anything, break those loose off of us. We repent of making the wrong choices right now before you. Come on, just say that. Just say, God, I repent. I repent and I'm, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my direction. Come on, tell him I'm changing. I want to do it your way. Just tell him I want to do it your way. 
And Father, because you are always listening to our prayers, and since you hear them, we know that we have whatever we ask because your word has told us that you listen, you hear, and that you will do what we ask. Lord, we're asking according to your word that you break these bondages, these addictions. Uh, break us loose from this sin. Lord, we're turning our attention, we're turning our ways, we're choosing you instead. Help us do it. We know it's you who work in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Work inside of us. Work inside of us. Make the change so that the outside looks as good as the inside does. You see us as perfect, the spirit man that we are. And in fact, if you don't know that you're a spirit, if your spirit hasn't become alive, you haven't been born again, as Christians say, let's do that right now. Say, Father, I put my trust in you. I want to follow you. I want you to own me, to control me, because I freely give you the wheel of my life. I know that you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe it. And I know that he died for me so I could do this very thing and obtain the good life. I want to please you. Thank you for bringing me to this church. Teach me how to live a good life. I give myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen.